0: This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, I'm just going to share just for a couple of minutes this morning. I'm not going to share very long, but I wanted to just kind of end our series that we've been doing in the month of December called Christmas Stories. And there's been a number of themes that we've covered over the last three Sundays. Uh, And I'm going to end on something that um, I believe God wants us to understand and experience this Christmas uh, like never before. And I'm going to talk this morning about the concept of enduring joy. Not just joy, but enduring joy. Joy that lasts for a very long time. I'm going to read uh, just this story. It says this, A family during the Great Depression was unable to afford anything but the bare necessities. One day, news came that a circus was coming to town and tickets cost $1. The little boy came running home, excited to get the, the money from his dad. And the father regretfully told his boy that he could not provide him with that much money. But if he went out and worked odd jobs, he might be able to make enough to purchase a ticket on his own. The dad promised to match what the boy could earn. The boy worked uh, feverishly, and just a few days before the circus came to town, he found that he had just enough, including his dad's contribution. So he took the money and ran off to town to buy his circus ticket. The day the circus came to town, he grabbed his ticket and rushed to the main street, where he stood on the curb as the circus parade went by. He was thrilled to watch the clowns, the elephants, and all of the performers. A clown came dancing over to him, and the boy put his ticket in the clown's hand, and he eagerly watched as the rest of the parade went by. And after the parade, the boy rushed home and told his father that he'd been to the circus and how much fun it was. The father, surprised that the boy was home so soon, asked him to describe the circus. The boy told of the parade that went down the main street and of giving his ticket to the clown. And the father sadly took his son into his arms and said, Son, you didn't see the circus. All you saw was the parade. And I think for so many of us at Christmas, this is a perfect illustration of so many of us every Christmas season. We experience and get caught up in the parade, the gifts, the, the food, the fun times, the movies, the traditions. And we actually miss the main event, Jesus. Everything else is good. Jesus is the only answer. He's the only answer. 2,000 years ago, there was a group of people that were actually acted out here with our kids this morning. There was a group of people named shepherds that almost missed the main event as well. They could have very easily settled for the angelic visitation and just seen the parade. But they responded. And I want to read that story uh, this morning very briefly. And it starts in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 12. And it's going to be on the screen behind me so you can follow along. And it said this in verse 8 That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, for I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign, for you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The greatest joy that you can receive... This Christmas is the gift of Jesus. It is a great joy, not because of what He does for you, but the fact that it is enduring. It lasts for all eternity. Earthly gifts are awesome. I love seeing my kids give gifts. The one thing I, that really blesses me about my kids is they they definitely fit the mo, uh, the mode of loving to give more than to receive, and it's amazing to see. This year, we got our Christmas tree up fairly early. We were actually up the second week of November. And by the end of that weekend, the kids had probably 120 gifts under the, pre- under the tree to each other. All gifts that they've given and bought for, and some have been re-gifted, I'm sure. Of course, we've never seen that before, right? But they were so excited to give to one another Earthly gifts are incredible. Heavenly gifts are indescribable. Heavenly gifts give us great joy. Not just for one day, not just for one season or even one week, but for all eternity. True joy is knowing for certain that your life is right with God. And that you've received and experienced the gift of Jesus Christ, His Son, the Savior of the world. That is true joy. So I want to talk very briefly about three thoughts or three concepts of what true joy means for us this Christmas. But I want to start with an incredible quote that has absolutely profoundly struck me in the last couple of weeks as I've been processing and thinking about this message. And it's an author by the name of Robert Rainey. I've never heard of him before. He's written a couple of theological books. Um, but he made this statement in one of his books that has profoundly shaken my life. And it says this, Joy is the flag which is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. So the question I have for you this morning, is the king in residence in your heart? The king of kings and the Lord of lords is described In the New Testament describes the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Is he in your castle, in the castle of your heart tonight? Have you planted your flag this morning? Because I tell you, if you have, the joy that you can experience is beyond description. No matter what circumstances go around, no matter what comes your way, it doesn't matter because enduring joy comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? There's three basic thoughts I want to share with you this morning, and then we're going to come into a close. And we've got some, I think, some refreshments and some goodies out in the uh, the foyer there. So feel free to stick around and, and just connect and uh, meet some new people and make sure you eat all the food so it doesn't come back to my house. Because um, it will. It will. It will. And it won't last long anyhow. Okay. But number one, the thought number one or key number one this morning is that Jesus brings joy to people who are in darkness. I don't know about you guys, but um, it's kind of hard to ignore what's going on in our culture right now. It's hard to ignore it politically. It's hard to ignore it culturally. Um, it's hard just to kind of tune it out. It's hard to just uh, turn off our notifications on our, off our phone and not actually see or realize what's happening in the world. The reality is, is we live in a very dark world right now. We live in a world that is without hope. We live in a world that is frustrated, that is angry. We live in a world that is seeing the worst in every situation rather than seeing the good in any situation. It's concerning on so many different levels. It's concerning to me as a pastor, but I'll say for myself, it's much more concerning to me as a father. Every generation has their own cross to bear. We all generationally in this room could tell each other the stories of how we grew up and the things that we experienced and and the and the darkness that we experienced in the generational time that we grew up in. But I have never been more concerned about a generation than this one growing up now. Because what is being thrust upon them is utter darkness without answers. Where every hope and every dream is temporal and changes depending on the circumstance. But Jesus came. He came to these shepherds in darkness. They came at night. Symbolic of our time and season today. I don't know about you, but I believe we're sitting in the darkness of sin. We're sitting in the darkness of addiction. We're sitting in the darkness of depression. We're sitting in the darkness of so many things. Anxiety, worry, anger, fear, rejection. There's so many things that we are sitting in the darkness of this morning. We see it all around us. We see it with our, our, our coworkers. We see it with the students that we're going to school with. We're seeing it in our neighbors. We're seeing something in their eyes that we haven't seen in a long time. But have hope this morning. There is an answer. <laughs> you know what's the most hopeless thing is when you come to a situation and you have no answer for it. And you're just constantly trying to find your way and figure it out and trying to have solutions to problems that you don't even know or understand. But God has come today for you to understand that there is a solution to the world's hopelessness. There is a solution to the darkness in the world. His name is Jesus. And when he was introduced to the shepherds through the angel, they said there's great joy to all people. Because of this gift. This sacrifice. Interestingly enough. The angel described. Jesus to the shepherds. As a savior. Who could save people. From their sins. Symbolically sin is often described in darkness. So he's here to save you. From your own darkness. This is the news. That came. News of eternal hope an eternal joy the news that a savior has been born who will deliver all who receive him is truly great news that brings great joy the second thought i want to share with you this morning is that jesus brings joy to people because his story is true if i came up to you this morning and said hey after service you know if we can just meet in the back hallway i'm going to give you a million dollars Exactly, yeah, yeah. Some people are like, "Uh, sorry, which room? Uh, Where can I be? What time? I'm going to be there. And what happens if I got there and I said, oh, sorry, just kidding. Not true. Probably you'd murder me, um, which is not good, but that would probably happen fairly quickly. Um, But thankfully, we are part of a church that believes in the power of the miraculous, so I may just come back. Just saying. So you may want to rethink that thought. But if I were to say to you, no, I'm just kidding, you wouldn't be happy at all. You wouldn't rejoice at all because, if anything, you'd probably be angry. And here's what I've realized anything that is not true is worthless. Anything that is not true is worthless. The news that Jesus is the Savior of the world, if it was just some cruel joke and it's not true, it would be worthless. But it wasn't a cruel joke. It wasn't some fantasy. It wasn't some made up concept. That a bunch of followers made up in that moment. It was a moment of truth. But if we do believe that it is true. Then we have to respond. The shepherds gave us the best example. By not only hearing the message. But by responding to that message. And seeking out the Savior. They believed and acted upon what they heard. I'm going to read starting at verse 13. It says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of heaven. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All things, uh, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and for all they had seen. And it was just as the angel Had told them. One of the things that I often ask myself is once the event is over, what do we do with it? Once Hands of Hope is over, do we just stop until we get to the next outreach? Or do we look for opportunities in our everyday lives to be Jesus practically to other people? And we all know the answer, but what happens when an event is over? What do we do with it? Do we take it as truth and do we live it out? Will we continue to glorify God the way the shepherds did? They actually came back and told a whole bunch of people. In other words, that moment was not isolated to a moment in time that affected their lives, that they saw something powerful and then they moved on with their life. If truth has come in such a way that can transform your life, we don't have an opportunity or an option to neglect it or to throw it away. We have to receive it we have to do something about it some of you here this morning may say well hey can i just contemplate it can i just think about it over the holidays absolutely go ahead but there comes a moment in your life where you've got to look at your life and you've got to look at your circumstance and you've got to say is there more to life than this Because the roller coaster of life is too much for me to handle. There's got to be something other than what I've experienced that I can anchor my life to that will give true peace and true joy. We have to anchor ourselves to somebody. But if it's good news and it's true news, man, it's great news. I want to end with one thought here, my third thought. Jesus brings joy to people because his love is for all people, it's for everyone, it's for everyone that's sitting in this room, it's for everyone that you've ever met, it's for anyone you're ever going to meet, it's for every single person alive on the planet today, it's for all people. Luke chapter 2 verse 10, it says, But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Interestingly enough, in the New Testament, the Bible describes the message of Jesus Christ as the gospel, which literally means good news. The good news that the Savior of the world has come. But He's come to knock on the door of your heart. Because what He can bring to your life today is beyond description. I love the good news of Jesus. I love the fact that Jesus has no limits or limitations to His love. I love the fact that Jesus' love transforms all of those who trust him and love him that's what he does that's good news romans 1 16 says the gospel or the good news of jesus is the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes not just to everyone but to everyone who believes just like the shepherds they believed and responded god asks us to believe and respond today verse 11 it says for today In the city of David, there has been born for you. I love the way that this version puts it. Has been born for you. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. This morning, I want you to do one very simple thing for me. I want you to put your name in that verse. That today, in the city of David, there's been born for you. Born for Cameron. Born for Sandra, born for you, a Savior. What's he here to do? He's here as a Savior to absolutely forgive you of your past. Some of you here this, this morning and you're struggling in your life, not because of what's happening currently, but what's been building up over years. And you have to understand today Part of the greatest joy that you could ever experience is the concept that Jesus can forgive you and wipe away your past so that your present can be filled with peace and so that your future can be bursting with hope and enduring joy. That's the heart of Jesus for you this morning. But there's one thing that I've learned. A gift, just like we're going to see on Tuesday, a gift only brings joy if it is received. Will you receive that gift this morning? Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.